Cheers, y'all. Welcome, my friends, Never ladies and gentlemen, to this fine little radio program called Smoking and Toasting. It is show number 106 today, and we are so thrilled to have you here. We are brought to you in part uh, by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And I have a great idea for you if you're going to B&B, which you should because the food's fantastic. Go in, eat, eat, you know, eat the meal, tip well, but at the end, lean over to your waiter and say, can you pass on a complaint about Jeremiah? You know, and just, just, you know, and then just make up something totally ridiculous. And then, you know, we just, we just want to see if, if he's as invincible a bar manager as we think he is. Now, I, I don't really want you to do that. He's, he's our buddy there, and, and he's, uh, uh, although he is a difficult guy to reach on the phone sometimes, uh, he's, he's one of our dearest friends. Speaking of dearest friends, we have, we have maybe, if they're not our two favorite guests, they're definitely like two of the top three. Right, and the they've, been on the, they've been on the show more than almost everybody. Too. Yeah, which I understand there's a, a thing going on about that. Uh, but please welcome <laughs> uh, to Smoking and Toasting, show number 106, Mr. Alan Denny. Alan, how are you? I am doing great. Thank you all for having me back. It's and, a- uh, and our regular guest and friend, Chris Hart. Hey guys, glad to be back. How are you? As your number one guest of all time. Okay, so, ah, so there this it is. is there, there it is. is. Yes, it didn't take long to get uh, to so this. I didn't give myself that title for the record. It, yeah. it was bestowed upon me. It was right. earned. For, uh, you know, you know what earnings like, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I have a job. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Do you guys know each four. other? Yeah. <laughs> That's not my fault. <laughs> so what this is about apparently is about who's been on the show the most times, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And and could you fill me in on where it sits exactly? Well, this is my fourth show and one call-in. Right. And so I was super excited. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just for the record, Collins don't count. <laughs> right. And, and we, we actually we actually talked about this earlier. If, if Collins count, then the number of times that they shout out to me while on air counts. Oh, see, shout-outs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shout-outs shout outs matter more. Yeah, but then you're going to add 10 extra because you had them on your show. So, <laughs> right. right. So, Alan, whenever you, whenever you do a show... Uh, we'd be happy to be on that too, Adam. Let's get this started. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so we got a lot to go over this week. Now, um, I, I, we're we're not going to get into this in this segment, but one of the things we want to revisit is something that's been going on. It's kind of like been playing volleyball between uh, our two shows, between the Whiskey Neat show with Chris and uh, and Smoking and Toasting, is our ongoing um, comments and what they all mean regarding. Uh, Nat Sherman and uh, and their parent company and the whole cigar legislation, where that sits, what it means, and so we'll get. In, I, do, I don't want to get into it yet because uh, you know, just in case it goes, takes a really just, bad. Just turn. in case it looks yeah. like that scene from West Side Story. Exactly. You know? I want it to be later in the well, show, we, uh, so that different, first different we can movies. enjoy some you know some uh, some whiskey <laughs> and beers and, and and what have you. So. Uh, so anyway, there's a lot going on. There is new news on the uh, legislation front. We'll pass that along to you uh, a little bit um, a little bit later on in the show. Um, archaeologists have unearthed a 13,000 year old brewery in Israel, maybe the oldest brewery ever discovered. Uh, so we'll have that uh, story coming up for you. And we have just amazing things to taste. And one of the things I love about having Chris on the show, and maybe this is one of the reasons that 
you know, he's been invited back so many times, is when he gets here, he just wheels in his cart of whiskey and just starts setting them up on the table. I'm not so. above buying someone's love. <laughs> Ask my kids and wife. <laughs> hey, if it works, it works, right? Uh, so, and, so, and we got some great beers to taste. We're going to uh, uh, get to an Oktoberfest. Now, Ian was almost late for the show today because as I was preparing things, I looked in my refrigerator because I thought I had set us aside. We like to taste an Oktoberfest every week, um, you know, during this season of the year. And uh, I thought I had one in my refrigerator that we had not yet tasted on the show. Found out I was wrong. Stopped uh, uh, somewhere on the way to try to find one, and they didn't have it. So I had to call Ian and go, dude, you gotta, you got to rescue me and, uh, and get us an Oktoberfest. So Ian, of course, rises to the challenge, drives, drives uh, across town, uh, picks up an Oktoberfest, buys a cooler and ice to get it here. And when he gets here, I tell him that I've discovered we actually had an Oktoberfest. Yeah, he just happened to be sipping on an Oktoberfest That here. was in the refrigerator here at the studio. <laughs> uh, we could totally have tasted this one. But you went out and got one. What did you, what did you get, Ian? I got the Iinger uh, Oktoberfest. And uh, that makes me happy. I like everything from Iinger, actually. Yeah, yeah they've, they've got a certain level. And of I'm actually drinking one right now to sample, but we'll talk about it okay, when we get we'll to it. we'll talk about it in a few minutes. You know, one of the things that we have to talk about <clears throat> is that we're going to do... Normally on this part of the show, this is... Where I will ask Ian, unless we're out somewhere live where we can smoke, I'll ask Ian if he's smoked anything interesting uh, lately. And then he'll proceed to tell me about a cigar that, that usually I have no idea what it will be until he shows up. And he's oh, this is one I smoked. And then he'll ask me the same question. Uh, but this week we coordinated it. And it was largely because Ian was kind enough to gift me uh, with a Cuban uh, Partagas. And uh, I accepted his gift and thanked him wholeheartedly. And uh, we decided to both smoke it independently and compare notes. So, uh, Which I, one? The Partagas Series D number four. Best, one of the best Cuban Series D is amazing. Yeah. You just blew it. Now I don't even have to talk about it. Okay. Series well. D is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hear from you, Ian, because I want to I know what you thought of this. I'll tell you what I thought. I'll give you a blow-by-blow blow, uh, on the quick, okay? Mm-hmm. So I actually so I bought half a box. Me and a buddy of mine split a box of these. Um, and and I'll, before anybody jumps up and down, this is not an illegal thing to do anymore. Generally not, no. Generally, yeah. <laughs> so, as long as you hit certain parameters and right guidelines, yes. So anyway, uh, so... Uh, this is like the third one I've smoked, and um, me and my buddy that uh, split this box, he said some of them have been a little inconsistent, but he's been pretty happy with the ones uh, so far. So I'm interested to see uh, yours and my uh, opinions on them individually. Uh, I got, on the pre-late sniff, I got earth, leather, dank hay, pre-late draw, I had earth, tangy spice, little barnyard kind of hay kind of And you man- managed flavors. to work the word dank in, so I know. Point I do to that you. every chance point, I get, yes. Point to you. Yes. So uh, I, later on in the show, I'm going to use the word cowapidgus, but wait for it. Okay. All right, so... The, double <laughs> double points. Right. The initial light, uh, it, it's so interesting because it's got this sweet, creamy, uh, and light pepper flavor. And then this cigar, to me, is just all toast. Yeah. Like, delicious, wonderful toast. <clears throat> uh, the first third of this cigar is more toast. It's, it's smoother than you'd even think. Uh, the cigar itself is actually really pretty. It's not amazing looking, but it's a really pretty cigar. Yeah. You know, it's a light light tan it looks like a cuban yeah it looks yeah. like a, exactly like you'd expect a cuban to um so the first there was you know really smooth uh very much toast i put toast down twice toast toast mm-hmm. um it has a butteriness to it that i really truly enjoy and a little bit of pepper spice on the back end that is just enough to make it interesting then i go into the second third of this it gets more sweetness now 
Like a little bit of that sweet happened when you first light it, then it backs off. Now in the second third of this, you get that buttery, sweet, smooth pepper spice toast, a little bit of hay coming in. Um, and that leads into the third, the last third of this, where it's interesting because it does everything it's been doing, but picks up little hints of chocolate or even mocha on the tail end with that pepper spice and everything. It's a beautiful ride from beginning to end. I almost burned my fingers on this thing. I smoked them so far. Uh, out of the three I've smoked, I've had to tend one of them one time. Um, I gave one away and it was having a little trouble uh, lighting, but uh, out of the three I smoked, I hadn't had any issues except for tending it once. Um, I think I have $8 in each one of these cigars. So I'm going to actually rate this one at probably a six and a half or a seven. Now, like, you say $8. Is that, I mean, did you get like a really great deal or is that about the right They're not that retail? expensive, okay. actually. Because I didn't know what these retail for. Yeah. So uh, my buddy gets them on a um, on an auction, I think an auction site. I can't remember exactly. On the dark explained. web, on the <laughs> dark web, right? <laughs> but uh, but I, I guess he got a price break after spending X amount and not had to pay shipping. So we got about eight dollars, eight to nine dollars in each one of these. And man, that makes it six and a half to seven easy on these cigars. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic. All right. So I'd like to hear what you think about it. Well, let me just preface this by saying that the last time Ian did, you know, kind of set something up on the show, <laughs> that I wound up with a mouthful of Malort. And, uh, that's not a euphemism. That's actually a mouthful of Malort. <laughs> it was actually a mouthful of Malort. And we, uh, I, I remember, like, kind of looking at Ian across the studio trying to figure out, okay, is this, like, is this just something and I don't get it? Like, you know, is it? Uh, uh, but anyway, it was it was terrible, and uh, um, and that's what you, you have been malorded, be. and, and right. apparently I've lost, right. you know, some some trust. Well, uh, let's put it this way: we at least were able to establish that malorded is now in fact a a, a term. It's it's <laughs> something. Right? Yeah. It's an adjective. Yes, adjective. Yes, thank you. So I I will tell you as a preface to my review. That I was concerned that I was being malorted. <laughs> you thought it was a setup? Yeah. Thought it might Could've be. Been. Thought it might be. And I'll tell you why. It, first of all, it's a really nice looking cigar in exactly the way that Ian described it. Sort of a Cuban looking, the, the right sort of reddish brown thing. But, you know, as a person who's had a few fake Cubans before uh, and and then wondering, you know, is it even possible to take a real Cuban band and slip it around something else? You know, my malordable friend over here. Uh, see, I, I never know what. Apparently, he's up to. there's trust issues now. You yeah, see what I've done? Yeah, I, I never know what he's up to. So, uh, I'll start out by saying that even though it was really nice looking, it felt a little soft or underfilled to the touch. Uh, and I'm not that picky about that as long as it doesn't impact burn. But sometimes that can make it burn too fast and too hot, right? So then I light it up, and it's actually kind of the opposite. It had draw issues hmm. like i wasn't getting a lot of smoke and it was a very uneven burn off the bat uh it needed uh, it, it 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 did straighten out the burn straightened out as it went but it still needed touch-ups the entire time that i uh smoked it because it would smoke i, I forget what you call this but it's when the cigar th- smokes the tobacco through the middle but the wrapper kind of keeps Tunnels. going out tunneling. is that tunneling okay because i always think of tunneling as What's actually called canoeing, but I, right. I always think right. of that as tunneling. But this is tunneling, so uh, so it was tunneling on me. It seemed a little underfilled, but I was struggling with the draw. It did after the first third 
finally begin to develop some complexity. I got, as you said, a lot of toastiness. I got a little bit of leather, some nuttiness in there. Uh, I wound up enjoying it overall, but I'll just say this. It wasn't even the best cigar I smoked that day. Hmm. Um, and so overall, uh, it was good, but it was for me a reminder that just because the stick is Cuban doesn't mean it's right. the best. Right. And uh, now, interestingly enough, Alan, the first thing you said when we said what cigar this was was that you know that's one of your favorites. So I'm wondering if maybe I just got one that well, wasn't rolled well and that impacted. I, now everything. I also did say that there were some consistency issues apparently right. because though the three I smoked were all smoked all smoked pretty well. I gave one to Cody that was on the show last week mm-hmm. and he had issues keeping his lit and then um my buddy that uh that we split the cigars with had issues with one of them and it, he said it tasted off and didn't burn right those kind of things. So apparently you got one of those. I will lay one more on you and see well, what happens. Uh, okay. So you're you're working on rebuilding that trust and I'm just, I, and I appreciate know. that. <laughs> No, you know, honestly, I did think at one point in the first third. Now, I, I managed to talk myself out of this uh, when the cigar began to show some complexity. But in the first third, I thought, is this is this like a quorum? That's but EM slipped a, uh, a, a Partagas Siri D band on it. I, you know, I, I would not put it past this man is all I'm saying. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And and then he wants me to come on the show. This is this is what I thought. So you you wondered if I would come on the show and, and go, oh, it was great. It was the most awesome thing because it was a Cuban. Like it was a setup. setup. Right. Well, yeah. First uh, off, you wouldn't be able to be set up like that because you would know if the cigar is not good. <laughs> come on. You know, it's it's been a well known in the industry that for the last couple of years probably over the last five years that cuban cigars are not what are they not used as to be. the right, quality right. the quality yeah. of the tobacco that said, the, the though, construction when they're good yeah when they're, they're good. as good as anything else out yep. on the market totally agree but just to give you an idea so uh, ernesto's in germany right now which mm-hmm. is the largest show we have ipcpr here for the united mm-hmm. states but mm-hmm. the world show is in germany there's been a shift in europe where three years ago it was 75 percent cubans in germany spain and 25 everything and else, 25 right? everything else that has shifted wow and now it's 25 30 percent cuban and 70 75 percent everything else well and i i hear it all the time too oh you're into cigars cubans are like the best right no, they're not well <laughs> cubans like make bad cigars too yeah, yeah they exactly. can be right yeah, yeah they yeah. can be but you know it, not necessarily i will tell you one of the best things about the cigar that y'all are talking about, along with uh, Hoya de Monterrey Epicure Number no. Four and a couple oh, of others, got a box of those coming. Uh, great cigar. <laughs> you don't have to worry about them being faked. They're in that seven, eight, nine dollar price range. Right. People aren't faking those. Nobody People are going them. out and faking the Monte Cristo Number Twos that started around fourteen and going up to the, you know, the Bahikes are they're running a hundred bucks right now a mm-hmm. stick. Those are the ones that you got to worry about. The fakes, you know, on the beaches in Mexico, right? The, the exactly. Seven, eight dollars mm-hmm. cigars, they're pretty much legit. People aren't going to fake those because they they fake the ones that have a larger right. profitability. So, right. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and when we do, uh, we <laughs> we have so much to talk about. Uh, we want to talk about the whole uh, legislation and Nat Sherman thing. We also have a lot of beers and a lot of whiskey to taste on the show today. So we want to get to that right away. In fact, Ian, maybe you can uh, get ready to pour some Oktoberfest, and we'll uh, we'll start there. Oh, sure, I can make uh, that happen. Our guest today, uh, 
uh, Christopher Hart from the uh, Whiskey Neat show and uh, from Houston Bourbon Society and from the uh, Houston Whiskey Social. He's wearing a lot of hats. Yeah, he, he does. And uh, and we also have Alan Denny from EP Korea. We want to talk about the whiskey sniff. That's all coming up. It's Smoking and Toasting. Thank you for joining us. And it's show number 106. Welcome back, my friends. This is Smoking and Toasting, show number 106. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork uh, in Fort Worth. And B&B is the location for the very first um, Smoking and Toasting event, and we are so excited about this. It is the Whiskey Sniff, and it is going to be taking place on October the 10th. It's a Wednesday evening uh, in the upstairs, um, what I call the Smoking Lounge, but it's really an upstairs patio with a great view of downtown Houston. Uh, and it's uh, it's a great place to do this. B and B will be providing all kinds of food, including their world famous bacon, which you must try if you. It's if so you good. I mean, it's worth going just for the bacon alone. Uh, but and they'll be passing it yeah, around. Yes. So what will happen when you come in? You will be uh, given a little uh, bag with some cigars in it, uh, and then you will be. Uh, you will be kind of given the finer points of the whiskey sniff, which is, uh, you know, a little uh, a little program that Ian came up with uh, for trying to pair his whiskeys with his uh, with his cigars, and it does work for other spirits, and there will be other uh, other spirits there, other spirits available, but it's going to be. Um, well, we have a Balvenie and Glenfiddich and Tullamore Dew, Fistful, uh, a bourbon is going to be there. Uh, this week, uh, Jason from uh, Yellow Rose Distilling let me know. He is dropping off for us a bottle of, and he didn't really go into what it was, but he said extremely rare and very limited uh, something from Yellow Rose Distilling. So uh, I'm really excited to see what that is, uh, be able to taste it. But there's going to be there's going to be more whiskeys than you can possibly taste for this, and a full table with uh, rums and uh, some uh, Patron, the Patron Añejo that we tasted on the 100th mm. show that was so fantastic. Uh, it'll all be there for sniffing and uh, enjoying with your cigars. And there'll be several cigars in the bag, so you'll be able to you know maybe smoke one or two while you're there, take the rest home. And we're really excited about this because the first 50 tickets purchased and i don't even know where the ticket count is so i don't know if if you can still get in on this or not but it's worth it to try the first 50 tickets purchased are going to get a bonus cigar and it's from our friend alan at ep carrillo and alan the reason there's only 50 of these is because this isn't even out yet you managed to get your hands on 50 i I thought i thought we discussed that it was going to be 48 because i haven't had one yet either (laughs) you didn't the first 48 you you didn't get one at the 100th show oh was that the ringmaster i love that cigar okay i thought that was a different one my fault uh, if you would alan tell us about this cigar and what is that when does it actually come out and, and what is it well that is a great question so when it's going to come out is up in the air. Cigar's been ready. It was ready before IPCPR in July. The problem mm-hmm. is the box manufacturer. Oh, They're down in the Dominican. It, it, it actually happens a lot with cigars. That mm-hmm. It happened with our TAA cigar release. It's now happening with Ringmaster. Mm-hmm. We could have had the cigars out months ago, but this time of year, people are making new cigars, new boxes, new parameters. And so that box manufacturer and the DR are trying to get that Done. So outside of us at the hundredth show and maybe a few other people that you know personally, really nobody's had this yet. Very, right? very few. Um, I, 
shop owners and yeah. managers across the country, they got to try it at IPCPR. But you certainly can't go buy this no, yet. No, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. And it's, I would venture to say from the last thing I heard, we're well more than a month from it being released. So it'll be uh, at, at y'all's event before it's released to the general public. Ian, you recall so this from the 100th it. show? What do you remember about the cigar? It was the smokiest cigar That Oh, that was that one? Ever. Yes. Oh, yeah. You, was you lit wonderful. that baby up. Anyway. So this should be so great for the sniff because a cigar that has you know this large volume of yeah, smoke and really wonderful. is going to give you a chance to get that flavor of the cigar once you like it, light it uh, would be perfect for then trying to pair, I think, uh, with with the various and, and different whiskeys. Four Roses is going to be there. Uh, it's it's going to be a really, really cool event. I, I'm not even remembering all of the uh, things. And I just, uh, I was texting earlier with Jeremiah. Uh, I think he let me know that, um, let's see if there was something else he wanted me to to. I do like the mention. fact that earlier you said more whiskeys than you can try. And I, the first yes. thing that came into my head was, have you met us? <laughs> like, uh, I don't. Wait, wait! Don't try this at home. We're actually professional. This is a marathon, not a sprint. I, I, I don't think y'all have had Gene Beck, the whiskey redneck, on the show. Y'all, we haven't had him on the show. So no. la- last year, he tried what ninety-two in one whiskeys at the social. Oh, with the no, I think it was a little less than that. I think it was something <laughs> but, like forty-eight. But he was doing, but that's still a sip, ridiculous micro amount. sips, yeah, micro sips yeah. to try it. But that's a lot of... Uh, by the way, we did find out, uh, and this is very exciting, uh, Jeremiah is uh, about 99% confirmed that B&B will have their Hudson single barrel rye by the time the event uh, takes place and that we will have it as one of the sampleable uh, one of the sampleable whiskeys, whiskeys at the event. Yeah, so really excited about that. So uh, so the guys are already getting busy more <laughs> whiskeys here. Let's do a little beer tasting first, yeah. though. We, uh, this is the, you know, Ian drove halfway across town to get this Oktoberfest. So if we didn't sample this, it would be, you know, uh, it, it, it would would really yeah, be. Yeah, if we didn't sample this, I would have to drink it. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, I, 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 I hear where you're going. But this is, <laughs> Ian, uh, tell us about this Oktoberfest. Oh, this is Iinger yep. Oktoberfest. I, you know, I don't know that there's any beers from that brewery that I don't like. Um, I especially like their uh, Celebrator, their Doppelbach. Oh yes, amazing. Yes, uh, one of my, it's actually just one of my favorite beers. Why? Um, I, and I actually I don't think I've tried their Oktoberfest. I don't. We didn't have it last year. No, I don't we think. did not have it in last year's Oktoberfest selection. And I can tell you, just on first sip, I really really like this. It's a little more carbonated than I'm used to uh, an Oktoberfest being. I was actually about to say the same thing. That it's works a too for much me, of that. Though, yeah. For me, it's a little too much of that. This one I've been sipping on since the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. and it's a little warmed up, and I actually like it better because there's a little less carb and there's a little okay. more malt front uh, flavor with it. I'm getting the malt, though. That's yeah. uh, it, It's definitely one of the maltier It gets October sweet malty fest. when yeah. it gets a little warmer. Mm-hmm. You said you didn't like the carbonation, or you did? I, I do. Ian doesn't. It, so we it, differ on that. It reminds me, you know, typically Oktoberfest is for what time of year? What, for, right. So yeah, the, they release it in July. The, and, uh, you know. Yes. <laughs> but those really bright. Overly carbonated lagers rem- yeah. remind me of, of drinkability during the summer. Right? Mm-hmm. So during the hot months, this is something I could totally drink outside while I mow the yard. Right. This is Heat. not one of those. I did that the other day. You know, sort of heavier. What I call the pumpkin pie Oktoberfest. Right. This is not that. This is just a good. Like, I mean, it's not six hundred calories. Yeah, and- <laughs> very drink. But it's a very drinkable malty beer. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. and it's uh, I don't know. I like the taste of this uh, a lot. Uh, oh, I'm I, I'm fine with. It. I thought uh, when it was a little cold, it tasted a little bit. Um, uh, it has when it was too cold. It was a little too carbonated for me, and it had a little bit too much, um, almost mm. a preservative kind of mm-hmm. uh, edge to it. And now that it's warmed up a little bit, I'm enjoying it a lot more. It's a little less carbonation, a little more uh, 
sweetness to the malts. I enjoy it here a lot better. It does mm-hmm. cover up the sweetness a little bit. Yeah. 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 The, I mean, the malt you, does. Yeah. yeah. Well, when it, when it's cold, you miss some of the sweetness. You hit, you get more of the bright flavors. You get you don't mm-hmm. get some of those warmer, sweeter flavors. You almost get just a little bit of citrus in there when it's cold. I, I almost get a little bit of that on the tongue in the in in the front. I'll take your word for it. I don't remember that. <laughs> on. I just remember a lot of fizz. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and maybe it's the fizz kind of messing with your tongue. That could be it. Sure. You know? But uh, but I don't know. I I, I kind of dig it. But I'd probably put this um, so far out of the Oktoberfest I've had this year. Probably second. Um, now, after, does that after count? St. Arnold? St. Arnold? That's oh, after St. Arnold. Hey, St. Arnold's just number one for me. I just see, love that. But, but we had. So, you like this better than the Oktoberfest that we had last week, which was the uh, the Marzen. Um, uh, oh, it was. Uh, uh, see, I'm, I'm blanking on it now. I'll have to look I back am. at the show notes. But, uh, but <laughs> we I thought, had so many but beers. I thought we really, really liked that. We did last really year, like it. But uh, I like week. I like this. Like, now that it's warmed up a little bit, this is one I'd pour in a glass and walk away from for a few minutes. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I, or pour in a glass before I'm done with the previous one. And see, I'm I'm liking it cold. Last week we had the left hand brewing Oktoberfest. Mm, that was good, and I thought you I thought you really dug that one. I did. Yeah. So, it, but you like well, just because I have room for lots of love for different beers, I don't have to exclusively <laughs> love one beer. You're I'm a, poly beer. You're, you're, I'm just gonna say you're a beer, poly, a beer polygamist. I like really? Yeah. Poly brew. Uh, I like I that a lot. Come up with a word. I don't have it. Yeah. Poly brewamist. <laughs> um, What's your favorite brewery mm. right now? Um, I don't know. Mm, that's a tough it's call. A, one of my all-time favorites is probably Founders. Yeah. I love their breakfast stout. Yeah, their breakfast stout, their porter, their uh, old curmudgeon, their old ale is so good. Have you had the Canadian breakfast yes. stout? Yeah, you yeah. like that? I do. I, I but because I'm such a stout fan, I've really been on a Buffalo Bayou Brewery kick right now well, because they, of some of the stuff that Buff they, is such a. Uh, I know they're a bit controversial to some, but they're they're. In, they make one of the most efforts in trying new stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, more often than not, their fall experiments are are a hit with me. I love those. Yeah, but yeah. It, I like those rich, dark, they, yeah, heavy they beers. Do wonderful do experiments. Yeah, but then like they've got you know peach cobbler and yeah, and, and yeah. it's like okay, you're going a little too far. But uh, but some of <laughs> they the, usually have funny names for them. Yeah. Though. I had on uh, Brendan McCarran from Glen Morangy yesterday, and he had mentioned the whole craft beer movement, you know, uh, brewed three times through old gym socks and served out of a boot. <laughs> and I thought of you guys immediately. I was like, I wish these guys were here. So if I was going to pick one of my favorite <clears throat> yeah. local stouts, it would be Southern Star, the uh, Buried Hatchet. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's outstanding. Excellent. Outstanding. So you had Brendan on your show yesterday? Yeah. So Are they pro- coming on? Probably. No, I, I, we don't have him scheduled on the show, although we'd love to have him. But uh, I was just going to mention that – Probably at some point today, you'll actually understand some of the words that he said. <laughs> Why? Oh, because it, it doesn't he have the the, the thick oh, accent? Oh, super. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. So it's like sometimes after after you know you're talking to someone who's got that good of an accent, you know, it's like a day later you go, oh, that was what he said. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was just I was just kind of like piecing it together and, and hoping that I knew what word that was. We've had a few people. That was what he if, said. If captions yeah. were needed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though. That's that's just so good. Um, <clears throat> so people generally uh, attribute the beginning of brewing beer uh, to China because that's where the thought it was first Egypt. first discovered. I always thought uh, it was evidence. Egypt. Um, well, it it's neither of those places actually. It's Israel, uh, a part of a joint uh, project between Stanford University and the University of Haifa has archaeologists examining three stone mortars from a 13,000-year-old burial cave site in the country. Their analysis 
which is the culmination of like five seasons of excavating, has confirmed that these mortars were used for brewing of wheat and barley in addition to storing food. It's the earliest evidence of cereal-based beer brewing, which is... uh, which puts it back about um, about five thousand years before the evidence from China. Not sure where the that's Egypt seriously evidence aged is. beer. <clears throat> you know, you're it's, right. It's that a little be, dry. It would be a little <laughs> funky, I think, at this point. <laughs> Hopefully, it wasn't a juicy IPA. Those go bad pretty quick. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I just thought that was an interesting, uh, that's pretty uh, awesome. an interesting thing to find out. Like the history of brewing. Like you, you think how far it's come. You know. Now we have peach pie, uh, peach cobbler, uh, 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 imperial stouts, and uh, served out of boots. Yeah, yeah. I watched boots, a yeah. uh, I watched a uh, um, documentary a few years back, and it was all about the history of beer, and and their stance on it was beer really revolutionized society. crops and society. Oh, it, and everything. it totally yeah. did. It totally yeah. did. I don't know if anyone here watches um, agriculture and Fear general. the Walking Dead, but there's been an interesting uh, plot twist this season. Where you know in this you know zombie apocalypse, the group of survivors that you're kind of following on the show actually come across this guy who was a craft brewer outside of Austin, and his whole thing is he he's just all about beer. Like everybody else is worrying about uh, zombies. about zombies, he's like oh, my still you know like or my you know my my, my pot, pot to still yeah. or whatever it is. So, um, so I, I, well I know I know you're getting. Chris, a, a beer, but I thought in this segment we should probably also uh, taste a little something. Uh, oh, oh a, these a aren't tasters; these from, are drinkers. Oh, I understand, these but are but, I, but I thought we should taste a little something that that Chris brought because brown we have water? we have well we have a little uh, we have a few more than we have segments, so I thought we'd double up. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so a couple things, but taking a step back to what you said about uh, revolutionary revolutionizing society. Um, there's uh, considerable evidence that shows, and correct me if I'm wrong, because these things change from time to time, that the uh, people who built the pyramids were not slaves. They were volunteers, and they were paid in beer. They're paid in beer. I've heard yeah. that, too. Yes. Um, okay. I've actually heard that. I'd work for beer. So this is uh, <laughs> this is Balcones. Uh, so you guys are big Texas whiskey fans. I yes, know that we are. you guys like to support them. These guys have been around. I know, I think Dan Garrison over at Garrison Brothers pulled a permit first, but I think Balcones was distilling first. Hmm. And it was their corn whiskey at first. But anyways, this is their new high rye bourbon. So if you tried their rye that they came out with, they used a little bit of chocolate malt in making that rye whiskey. Uh, this is their bourbon version of that. So it's got a little bit of the chocolate notes. It's also cast strength, so it's distillery only. You can't mm-hmm. get it yet. It's not out yet, as far as I know. So if it's high rye, what does high rye so mean? So typically when you refer to whiskey, right, everyone knows the base is what? What grain? Uh, is usually corn, right? Corn, yeah. correct. So what uh, the, it usually refers to the secondary grain. So if it's a weeder, that second second mm-hmm. right. largest portion is either wheat or rye, typically. Every once in a while, you get a few guys trying a four-grain. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, four-grain involves all four. but That Hudson four-grain is amazing. Well, Corsair does something with... Uh, with uh, uh, quinoa. I mean, there's there's a, yeah, there's right, a few right. other I've grains out there yes. people play with, but typically this just means it's going to have a much larger portion of rye as the secondary grain the versus secondary wheat. Grain. Okay. Well, I'm I'm 32 percent Texas rye, which already, is quite a bit. Already loving this on the nose. The color is gorgeous on mm-hmm. this. It has a it reddish is. color. To I it. actually it's thought that amazing. even before you opened the bottle. Uh, just that that is a beautiful color. The nose on it, if you pull mm-hmm. your nose back, it's got a really, really honeyed sweetness to mm-hmm. it that um, the alcohol is not hitting you first because it's 62%. Right. So as soon as you get a little too close, you're getting hit with the full thing. I was going to say, close up, it reminds me of that uh, 
that navy rum that we tried of yours. Yes. Yeah. It's very thick, uh-huh. very syrupy, mm-hmm. very intense, dark, rich, deep. Um, mm. It just tastes like uh, really, really thick now chocolate. This is I love how it just, like the oiliness of it just spreads over the entire palate, like it blooms in Chris, your do mouth. you mind showing the bottle to sure, the camera? Sure. I realize this is something that's available distillery Here, only right uh, yeah, now. Yeah, I believe but, it's yeah. distillery only. You want to go ahead and pop that over there? Yeah, it and they're is, not uh, a they're not a sponsor. I just they we there had, you go in. <laughs> there's a there's a new Texas organization that's out called the Texas Whiskey Association. Brand new, just started. Uh, they're actually making their debut at Whiskeys of the World today. But they came on the show and we talked a little bit about this new thing that's coming out with mm-hmm. the way that they're going to hold certain distillers to a higher standard, mm-hmm. or more importantly, the the distillers that are members of this association are going to be. Um, hold themselves to a higher they're going to put right. their own in other words they're voluntarily saying i'm going to be a part of this group that is adhering to higher standards that's correct right. that's well correct. we know who won't be a part of that group <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, quite see, a few people now see i got in trouble with you guys for dissing uh people and here you come on the show you're uh, i haven't said anything negative <laughs> that would oh. be that would be the second greatest Dude, guest you've ever had devil's show. river every time oh there you go <laughs> see there we go hey, to do they're it. not in my industry <laughs> <laughs> didn't expect uh, you know, uh, so I took a second this sip of this. This is wonderful. And I wasn't expecting it to do what it did on a first sip, because usually you get it on your palate, mm-hmm. and then by the second and third sip, you're kind of used to it. The second sip did exactly the same thing. I mean, you get a little bit in your mouth, and the flavor just, it's crazy how this awesome is, that is. Yeah, this is absolutely blossoms wonderful. right there across your palate. So it's wonderful. almost uh, 39% total in rye, which is a, a, a tremendous amount in secondary grain value. <clears throat> And then just a touch of, uh, of barley. They only use 6%. And can you get this at the distillery? I I believe the answer is yes. Okay. Uh, I don't know if they've sold out or how you know, how available it is, but uh, they brought it by. I think it was just released. Yeah, it was bought wow. on the 8th. So I think it's still there if you guys go up to make it up to Waco. That is a wonderful, wonderful bourbon. Uh, yep. I like it a lot. Okay, on that note, we're going to take a break. We are going to come back, and uh, we're going to do. I know Alan's such an IPA fan that uh, we we do have a Japanese IPA we want to try on the show today. I'll so. try anything once, ah. and I'll do the fun things <laughs> twice. And uh, and we also have got to talk. You know, the elephant in the room here is is Nat Sherman. So let's uh, let's let's get to that coming up in the next next segment. You are listening to Smoking and Toasting, show number one hundred and six, and we will be right back with Alan from EP Carrillo and Chris Hart from his nine thousand different ventures that he's a part of, <laughs> and, uh, including Whiskey Neat. We'll be right back. Yeah, I just grabbed some of these. Yeah, every time we drink, my nose runs. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, episode number 106. And we are so glad to have you guys uh, on the show. Uh, Chris Hart, Alan Denny, our special guest this week. My name is Cruz. Ian Barry is my uh, co-host. That guy's and crazy. on the wheels of steel, uh, Mr. Adam Andrus. Welcome uh, to the show, everybody. Wanted to mention one of our guests a couple of weeks ago, uh, who we just absolutely adore, is uh, Trey Boring, who's with Cigar Rights of America. Trey is also involved in the Cigar for Warriors project, and they have an event going on. I just wanted to give another plug for it because it's it's coming up. It's Saturday, September 29th at noon at Smoke Ring in Webster. Uh, and he the cigars will be provided by uh, CLE, I believe, for that event. And uh, they are encouraging people to come out. You know, 
join them, smoke, and of course donate some cigars for Warriors. Uh, and then uh, that evening at 7 p.m. in their uh, in their sort of like man cave, big building that they have mm-hmm. uh, at uh, 2014 Fourth Street in Seabrook. So if you're in the Houston, Texas area, we encourage you to get involved because a Trey's a great guy. B there's just no nobler uh, thing for a cigar smoker in my mind to be involved with than sending cigars to these guys. I mean, if anyone deserves they can't a smoke, get him, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, so it's just it's just such a wonderful thing to do, and and uh, and I love it. I I don't get involved in a lot of charity stuff other than the stuff I really really agree with personally. So, pet charities and this that's that's me. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> By so, the way, this Texas. Oh my God! We're high st- rye bourbon during from Balcones. During the, during so the break, we were just going on and on about it. Yeah. This is uh, one of the more exciting things we've tasted, I think, here on the show in a while. So, so good. All right, I am uh, cracking open something we have not had on the show before. It is from Kiyuchi Brewery in Japan, and it is the Hitachi. I always, I always get this wrong. Why does it say "do not drink"? Hitachino Nest. <laughs> <laughs> die die IPA. Whoa. All right, it does. There, it says do not drink yeah, right yeah, on the side. There, there is a story. So uh, my <laughs> wife and I uh, went away to San Antonio for a little uh, vacation, and our producer uh, and my stepson Adam and his fiance stayed at our place while we were gone. Oh, I see. I had some beers in the fridge which I was saving for, for the, the show, show, and they got do not drink. Uh, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. On you were so, trying to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought it, it came wouldn't... from. I thought it was an right. obscure Japanese law that right. you couldn't have beer, or <laughs> yeah. like it was no. a collector's item only, or something. Yeah. Because I always it say be, it wouldn't be so funny. But last week he did the same thing. He had a beer, and I was like, um, "It says do not drink." Yeah, right. on the side <laughs> of it. No, but because I always say to him, you know, anything, you know, help yourself to anything sure, you want. Sure, sure. Uh, so. I thought if if I'm going to make an exception to that, I better point it out specifically. <laughs> and it's because I really wanted to uh, just imagine him to be able it. to try this on the show. I thought maybe it was one as of those, he's and drinking and he's like, oh, sh- oh shit. <laughs> I thought maybe it was one of those funky IPAs that had yeah. gone bad already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's our show. You can swear a, on this. show. He's a okay. skull and crossbones on <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so this is a, a Japanese IPA, uh, which has got to be a little different sort of a. a well, I would think it would be different. We may find out that it's interesting. Nose. Oddly uh, enough, it smells polite. Smells. <laughs> I don't even know how to like. I don't know how to. It's kind yeah. of a medicinal smell. I, to I it. went kind of short pour on you, Alan, because like I know you're not a huge IPA guy. So it smells, uh, um, smells like a Japanese peat. <laughs> no, it's got like a latex glove smell to it. Uh, now that doesn't sound like a good thing. Medicinal yeah, aesthetic. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily sound like a good thing, Ian. Uh, the nose. What do you think? You, I didn't. You're I right. Didn't, I get the latex glove. I yeah, wouldn't. It's like I a medicinal, like a medical equipment mm-hmm. smell. Interesting. I wonder if that's the uh, the uh, preservative in it, or is there is there a preservative in it? I, wonder, I, I don't sort, know. Or? I mean, generally, because it, it does have a little bit. It, you don't it's like. Got I don't sea water taste in it. it. It's got mm-hmm. kind of a ocean water flavor to it. Well, I will tell you that I'm not. I'm not super digging this as an nope. IPA guy. Frankly, it doesn't taste this. that much like an IPA. So I will tell you that I've had actually had this before. I've had it at a uh, a restaurant where I was enjoying a big bowl of pho, and it went perfectly with it, the big Vietnamese soup. But I remember liking it and thinking, oh, we should have this on the show. This is a really different take on IPA. But I'm not digging this at all. Can I just say something that irritates the hell out of me? What's that? What the, the fact that it's spelled pho and it's pronounced pho, <laughs> it's always just killed me. I know, I know. But see, I, I, if I say pho, I'm afraid that 
They do put the mnemonic I'm above being it. I'm so insensitive you know, to right? it. Doesn't well, count. then let's talk about all the different <laughs> Scottish distilleries and how uh, none of yeah. their stuff is good. Good luck with so that. Like, all right, all right. Touche. Yeah. You win. Yeah. Again. Uh, or anything Icelandic. How, how are you going to tell me Bruich Ladich is Brooklyn? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I lived, <laughs> I, I lived in Boston for, uh, for eight years. And uh, it's really interesting living in the New England area because you learn that there's just really no rhyme or reason. There's a uh, town a little outside of Boston uh, that's spelled Worcester, but it's pronounced Worcester. But then there's a suburb of Boston called Dorchester that is not pronounced Duster. It's pronounced Dorchester. Like there's no Kirkendall. rhyme or reason Houston. to it. Right. Kirkendall, Kirkendall. Is, a, is a perfect example. So there's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. The only people that seem to get it right are New Orleans, and that's because they make up their own rules about pronunciation. Well, you know, all bets are off. You know, in uh, in Austin, if you ask somebody where Guadalupe Street is, they'll yeah. look at you weird, and then you say yeah. Guadalupe, and they're like, oh, that's right over there. <laughs> right. Like, it's really that bizarre over yeah. there. Or try going to the uh, California I, town of San Pedro. I, I it honestly exist. don't think Pedro. I like this beer. I yeah. think I'm just going to go ahead and say that. No, that's not good. Mm-hmm. And I'm the IPA guy, and I don't like it either. So, But it doesn't even really taste like an IPA. No, it really doesn't. Like, and it misses IPA. I could see this going with something, like, if you had a bowl of pho, and you do it like I do, where it by the time you're done mixing everything, or it's the color of lava, right? Um, and it's burning your nose. I could see where you could enjoy this with it. Well, this started really with, and Chris nailed it, the the latex glove smell on the nose. Yeah. That's not a smell you want in your beer. Nope. All right. Well, so. it's better than the baby diaper and Band-Aid one that we had a while back. <laughs> we or had the, one, yeah, we definitely described it. It was, it was the, a baby diaper. Or the burning paper cigar that I uh, <laughs> that I reviewed. Yeah, yeah. Not it has so a little good. bit of that ashtray flavor. You know? All right, guys. Um, wow. We're going we're gonna to start this, and we'll move it into the next segment. Um, so on this show, uh, a number of weeks ago, uh, we talked about the um, the letter that had been sent from uh, one of the largest uh, uh, tobacco companies in in the world. I hadn't actually uh, read it. Altria. Uh, what's that? I hadn't actually read it. Have you read it now? No. Okay, I have a copy of it here if you want. One. Yeah, I'll look at it while you okay. give the backstory. All, right. All right. So Altria is is the owner of um, you know a huge amount of uh, of different cigarette lines, uh, some smokeless tobacco, and they also own a uh, well. They bought outright actually Nat Sherman uh, cigars. Nat Sherman is a very small portion of their portfolio, especially sales wise, compared to what uh, to what to what else they sell. These guys sent a letter uh, to the FDA. As uh, in, I want to point out, Nat Sherman makes good cigars. Well, they do now. I mean, we we talked about that on the show too. For a while, their quality wasn't that great. They've put out some really great cigars across the last several years, especially. I will, I will yeah. point out that the first Nat Sherman I think I ever smoked was probably given to me by that man. Well, I smoked a Nat Sherman uh, that this I bought man? at the Nat Sherman cigar store in New York. Uh, what that. 10, 12, 15 years ago. And it was okay, but nothing special. And that's kind of how I looked at the whole Nat Sherman line until, uh, I want to say it was Chris that gave me one. Thank you, uh, thank you. That, uh, Proper, okay, appreciate <laughs> it. Go ahead. Just wanna... Hey, Chris, where'd you get them? We're here. <laughs> man cave? Yeah. Uh, where'd you get them? Bought them from the man cave? My, my, my buddy Alan Denny <laughs> well, sold them to me I'm back I'm pretty in the sure day. you didn't buy them, sir. I'm pretty sure those were donated. Oh, no, no, not the ones for TV. This is that devolving fast. This is a, a timeless this. collection. Oh, yeah. oh, that box pressed. Where do we get to the actual controversy? 
<laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, you know sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you know, no. FYI, I still have one of those in my humidor. Mm-hmm. They're, they're great sticks, and, and I, I, I'm in the same boat as Cruz. I didn't think that the <clears> – they were just unremarkable. They weren't right. awful. They, they, they weren't bad. horrible. Right. They weren't bad. I, they I, were just okay. They I were never, simply markable. Yes. Right, not remarkable, just markable. Th- there's a, a romance with cigars that every – Every time you smoke, it's a it's a it's a experience uh, to to sound dramatic, and I, all of us here can attest to having mm-hmm. a cigar and just That's spending right. time with it, spending an hour. It I is. spend an hour with you guys. We make a connection during that hour. Why would it be any different for a cigar? That's right. So you you with with Nat Sherman, we I've made a the timeless really made an impact on me, and I just I finally I found the love for it. So I, I agree. I'm with you 100. percent Well, when you gave me that timeless and I smoked it, I remember thinking, "Wow, a Nat Sherman that I'm crazy about." So that's that's a that's a substantial thing, because I'd had ones that were okay, but I'd never like gone crazy over one. So anyway, <clears throat> the the current legislation that has been passed, but is not yet in effect, uh, has some pretty onerous regulations on the cigar industry the kind of regulations that could put a lot of small boutique cigar makers out of business the kind of regulations that could put a lot of the smaller uh, cigar stores out of business could ruin lives could ruin lives genuinely ruin lives not to mention to people who are cigar enthusiasts like ourselves uh, cause uh, prices to go up ridiculously it it basically eliminates the concept of an inexpensive cigar um, and there's and there's just a number of things in this legislation that that really make no sense because it's it's designed primarily to try to discourage cigar smoking by underage kids. <clears throat> that was the goal. Yeah, <clears throat> that was the, the goal. And Correct. the FDA has already come out and said, "Oh, yeah, we realize y'all aren't marketing to." to kids. Well, that's right. They've, they've already they've that. already admitted this. And Ian, you know, we talk about this all the time. The the huge study, the huge government study that was done to determine... Was, I loved how we labeled that the Captain Obvious moment. Yeah, right. To determine the kids don't smoke cigars. <clears throat> Guess what? No, they're not going and buying a, uh, a $10 uh, uh, aging room Quattro no. and, and lighting it up at home. That's not happening. But those cigar boxes are so hip with nine-year-olds. They're also not... They're also <laughs> like not, they carry they, the school supplies. <laughs> they're also not paying $6. Right. right, you, you right. buy a no, pack right. of cigarettes, get twenty six. Right. I or, mean, everyone's been in that that mm-hmm. age in life where you're where you're seventeen, eighteen years old, and you're doing math on the beer. Uh, Absolutely, right? yeah, yeah, yes. everyone loved a good Shiner yeah. Bach back in the day, but I'd rather have forty eight Miller Lights. Yes, than- yes. <laughs> or or you you go from the math to the alphabet, PBR. Thank you very much. Right, mm-hmm. you know, it's just you go you go cheap. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah. So that's what the whole thing was designed for. So. There's a number of senators and there's a number of cigar uh, groups, including CRA uh, and different congressmen and senators, who have been working towards trying to get an exemption passed that would be tied to another bill. Because this bill's already passed. Um, an exemption passed that would uh, eliminate premium handmade cigars and the premium handmade cigar industry from this legislation from this oversight uh from this new thing from the fda and um in uh, it was about a month or so ago uh the altria company which owns a lot of cigarette companies and and nat sherman and some other things sent a letter to the fda which is the governing body here where they said we support the legislation that's what the letter says 
Now, it goes on to say, and this is what, you know, um, uh, in listening to you guys uh, talk about this, because, Alan, you were a guest on Chris's show. You guys discussed this at length, along with our friend uh, Jorge from Stogies. And uh, it goes on to say, yeah, premium cigars really should be treated differently. And here's how we recommend that those things be uh, be set out. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of people, including you guys, said, well, the people who are objecting to this, to this letter that Altria sent, the people who, like us, who said, I'm not going to smoke Nat Sherman anymore. And by the way, let me correct, I never told people not to smoke Nat Sherman. I said, we can't do I can't do it anymore. I, I don't even remember if you said that. I think I your said, exact words were you hated them with all your heart and that you will never, ever even look at a box of And you even thought again. they might be all gingers. Is that what I said? I, I, that's what I thought I heard. <laughs> I mean, well, to be honest, this whole thing There was is, a little fire and brimstone thing going yeah. on. No, I, <laughs> that's a, no, I said I, I agree. I was, I, said. I was very passionate about it. I'm driving back it. from Tulsa, Oklahoma, listening to the podcast show, and I hear this, and I had to pause it. And text Chris WTF. <laughs> so, so actually, what happened was is he was he was really enjoying the episode with you guys. In fact, yeah. that episode was extremely well received. Well, this is kind of like when I come over to your house. Like I'm I'm a lot of fun for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then and then there's people, that one too many. And then people are texting each other WTF. So Wait, he, he texted me. He's like, "This is a really good episode." And he texted me that right before you got to that part. And then he's right. like, "Oh crap! Like crap! Right. WTF." <laughs> So, so let me just say, I understand Don't text and a, part of, a part of what you guys said. He voice texts. And I'm, and I'm, uh, I'm totally, to, I totally understand this. It, a part of what, where you guys are coming from is you're like, oh, man, we have a, friend. a great friend yeah. who works for Nat Sherman, who's a rep for them. This is going to mess him up, seriously. Well, I, I don't think it'll and affect the sales. I, no. I just, uh, we, we like the guy. And, you know, it's in today's age, we're so quick to uh, – Past conviction and and light up our own torch and and go after somebody and right. something, and it, it's almost you can look at it two different ways. You can look like well, you're just saying that because he's your friend, or you could look at it like no, the fact that he's my friend is why I'm giving this a fair, objective look. Okay, you know, just take a step back instead of jumping on that bandwagon and being so angry like so many people <clears throat> did. Not you guys, but oh, but, I was angry. Well, no, no, no. What I mean is there. I'm still fucking angry. You being angry doesn't mean you're a bandwagoner who who's quick to jump on stuff. You guys, you 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 just handed me this letter. You've already read it, and your opinion, I believe, is formed from an educated one. Like I don't I don't think you're a bandwagoner. Is what I'm saying. But you know, I, the fact that he's a friend is. I don't know. Do bandwagoners get more balconies? Yes. Okay, I'm a bandwagoner. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> so the the fact that he's a friend is the reason why uh, when you had first mentioned, I was like, well, you know, I, I guess. I mean, if that's what happened, then Thank I you. totally understand it. So here here's my thing about it. I've read this letter about nine times. The guidelines that Altria says they suggest because they don't believe there should be an exemption. Instead, what the letter says is the the law should remain in effect. Premium cigars should not be exempted, but they should be handled in this way. Absolutely. And then they and then they go to and correct me guys <laughs> if you read this differently, okay? Cuz I want to be totally like transparent on this. They go, then go on to say premium cigars should be looked at this way and that way and what they lay out to me doesn't look too bad. Okay? And that's what a lot of the industry thinks. Right. Too. Which which raises man two 
really big questions for me. Okay. Okay. Number one, and this is why I can't be an apologist for Altria on this. If this is what they're suggesting, what is it in their suggestions that doesn't exist in the current regulations on cigar sales? So the biggest one. That they feel like this needs to go into effect in order to allow. So the biggest one in theirs is, and this is what is the industry is really up in arms about. So you've got a Nat Sherman Timeless, all right? Mm -hmm. You've got a Nicaraguan wrapper, mm -hmm. Nicaraguan from Jalapa, and mm -hmm. I, and I'm, I'm making this up. I don't know if right. it's Jalapa or not. But then you've got binder from here, and you've got filler from these three countries. The FDA wants you to disclose, all right, it's Dominican XYZ, and it's Nicaraguan this, and, and they want you to list every one of those for mm -hmm. a blend. Right. And so for us, we have 24 different blends, multiple SKUs in most of those blends. You're coming into, you, you have to list everything out. If you could just go in and say, this cigar is premium tobacco, whether it's Nicaraguan, Honduran, doesn't matter. It's air cured tobacco. And that's what Altria wants. And that will eliminate a lot of the fees that are included in diagnosing what the blend of every cigar is. Okay, it, but that but that regulation doesn't exist today. That correct. regulation I'm sorry. was this been read on air yet? Uh, no, again, no, I'm not, not the whole. Letter. I'm not no. going to read it in its entirety. Yeah. But no, no, but, but the regulation you're talking about is is what Altria is saying should not be put in place. That regulation doesn't exist right now, correct? No, that regulation will come into play August 8th, 2020. Right. When this bill that into I am in favor of exempting uh, premium cigars from goes into effect. <laughs> so let me go and ask my question again. What is it that Altria is saying needs to be regulated that is not regulated today prior to this bill passing. Okay, so what Altria is actually saying needs to be regulated is cigars, and they're coming across with, you read it, some different things that they say right. should be regulated. What the industry, the thought process of the cigar industry is, whether it happens today, whether it happens August 8th in 2020, or it happens in 2023, cigars are going to get regulated. One way or another, it's coming, it's going to happen. Back several years ago when they had the S-chip, I don't know if you're familiar with that, it's a tax. Yeah, I've that, heard this okay. argument. And so they, they came in and everybody said, oh my God, it's going to kill the industry. And it didn't. There was a They, they came in, they said, okay, we're going to tax it. This is the amount. And it didn't really hurt anybody. But, That's what they're saying. They're but saying it's, this bill as it exists is a disaster. Sure, agreed. For the cigar Completely. industry. It's agreed. a disaster. The, okay, but this doesn't say that we support it as it exists. It's saying Correct. that no. they... they, no. they it, what, it, what it says is... We support the bill, but we think you should look at it this way. So this is my second point. Can you tell me an instance where saying to the federal government, yeah, go ahead and do that, but we think you might want to do it this way. Like We're trusting the federal government and the FDA, which well, knows jack about cigars. What? We're going to say... We're going to say, go ahead and pass this, and we're going to trust you to follow these guidelines that we've laid I, I agree with you I, I'm completely. I'm not buying it. I think that's bullshit. I, I agree with you completely that the federal government isn't always the best 
person to handle certain things. They're so, never but the they, best person to the, handle anything. All right, kind so, of never. Right. so let me make this suggestion. Yeah, I don't mean to sound like a Republican either, but no, that's no, no. my <laughs> that's my thing. You know. Uh, so let me let me just say this: if this this bill is as flawed as it is for premium cigars and the premium cigar industry, why would a company that is a company I want to patronize support passing it and hope for the best? Why wouldn't the approach instead be there's there's real momentum behind this exemption? In fact, new senators have signed on to, to this exemption as of like this week. Congressional support uh, continues to go. Three 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 new representatives, uh, Andy Biggs from Arizona, Warren Davidson of Ohio, and Debbie Lasko from Arizona, are now co-sponsors. All three of these are Republicans. This is a bipartisan issue in terms of who's signed up to do it. I'm telling you. We don't need to pass it and hope for the best. What we need to do okay. is we need to exempt premium cigars, and then we need to come back and have a discussion about if, as you say, there's going to be regulation eventually, there's no way around it. Then we need to have a, a discussion where there's not a hangman's noose already set up in the courtyard. Can I interject something? I want to play... Uh, Devil's Advocate? Devil's Advocate. It's something I, 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 that's pride, what I pride myself in. <laughs> um, so what you're saying is, and let's boil this down to, to two simple points of view. They're saying, look, we understand that cigars should be regulated. We support the idea of them being regulated. There's a lot of issues in the industry that need to be fixed. However, we think that this category, this section of cigars, we're not talking about old backwoods, you know, where you everyone knows you just clear them out and fill them up with other stuff. They own black and mild, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but they make that stance. They make the differentiation from black and mild. They do. So they go on and say, look, we own the category that, that this is really focused on. And this category is really focused on things like black and mild. They're not. It's not really meant, at least not scientifically based in any way, shape, or form, it's not really meant for premium cigars. Wow, but we that, know but it's that's bullshit. being so kind. Like, I, it, I understand it, that. It kills premium cigars. Mm-hmm. This... This bill is a disaster for the premium cigar industry. I understand that, but hear me out here. So what the way I'm boiling this down is, look, we have a vested interest in what you're really trying to do and what you're hurting, and we understand what you're trying to do and we support it. However, we think that this should be treated differently. That's what I'm getting from this. And what you're saying is, Although I understand that's your thing, that's not the right way to go about this. This doesn't need to be passed at all. We don't need to support it in any way, shape, or right. form. So the way to me, this looks like two differences in opinion on, on the same goal, but we, not that Nat Sherman necessarily is is causing the problem. But don't you understand the power of a major tobacco company? Sure. Adding their voice to saying yes, we support this legislation. But keep in mind, this originally thought that people people thought that they were doing this simply for the sake of their cigarette business. That this was a financial. I'm still input. not convinced that that's not the driving no, force it's not. behind it. And, and I'll tell you why. In Nat Sherman sales, an entire year, and this is you can of, of go cigars. look this up. And it, Nat Sherman cigars, an entire year of sales, equals three seconds. Of their sales of their cigarette business, right? So, Three so seconds. that's why Nat Sherman's not really all that important to them. They don't care how much they hurt their own cigar company, and I feel bad for the Nat Sherman people who are involved in this who don't have a voice in. But this. But they specifically address it. It's apparently important enough. If if I this to me, the, what you're saying is it's such an insignificant part of well, the business. Okay, they so, still wrote the letter to mention cigars. But right. That, at why that point in time, it's, it's like important. saying, "Hey, listen." I don't mind if you kick me in the balls, but I want you to think about it. Right. 
You know, I want you to just think about it after you do it. I'm not. Know? I am not advocating for the way this was written. We openly discussed on the show that this is clearly written by a lawyer. And oh, 100%. this never went through anyone's no. uh, media department that kind of reviewed this and said, so, this is a bad idea. So they should what, have said, Michael, check this out. So, what do you think? Right. so then the question so, is, where right. exactly do they stand on it? Because they haven't put out a letter that, a letter that says, this is actually where we stand on but my, so He addressed it directly. Michael Herklotz dire- addressed it directly. Uh, Michael Herklotz, I, don't, I can't remember. He's the face of the company. Basically. And, okay. and he is a great guy, a good friend of mine. And Michael took a couple of days and and people were burning him in effigy because he didn't come out immediately afterwards no one from the company came out immediately afterwards and i'm talking seconds he took a couple of days to come out with a calculated thought out response and when he did he said look this is what altria said but realistically, they, they're supporting us. They bought the brand because they believe in Nat Sherman, and they don't want us to go anywhere. They don't want us to die. They don't want premium cigars to go away. But they realize that there is, in some way, shape, or form, there is going to be regulation of cigars. That is you going to You know what that reminds happen. me of? That reminds me of the program director of a radio station owned by Clear Channel who has to release a statement about how yeah, you know what? Uh, you know, Clear Channel does a lot of good things. No, come on. You know they're the suckiest company in broadcasting. Yeah, but you want to keep. But you have to work for them, and you have to keep your but job. But that program director wanted to keep his job. Absolutely. And hey, this I'm is a- the same. This is the same thing. Here's here's what the bottom I'm line so is. So mad right now. Here's I what the bottom it. line is. What is it about the current legislation, the current regulation of premium cigars? This is the most riled up I've ever that seen. That doesn't go far enough. What is it about? I'm not talking about the bill. I'm talking about before this bill becomes law. The way it is now, where there have to be warning labels, where you can't sell to people oh, sure. who are under 21. Why need what is new? it about the current? Yeah. What If you can explain to me why there needs to be more than this, I'll consider saying, yeah, let's put more regulation in place. No, no I'm un- in agreement. Un- we're, until, I think we're in agreement with you. We don't like then, this bill at all. Until oh, then, sucks. let's exempt premium cigars and if you want to talk about, hey, can you give a little and we give a little so, on some new legislation, I'm willing to have that conversation. So a couple of years ago, um, and I want to say it was at the main election the, during the presidency, right before that, there was a bill up. And there were 168 congressmen, 30-something senators, mixture, bipartisan, mm-hmm. of, no, we need, to, we need to nix this, get this out of there. Never made it out of committee. It got... It got put into the omnibus and it never made it out of committee no one voted on anything and they said no we got we got more earmarks that are more important it never got touched have you have you ever worked for a boring desk job at a at a, at a uh, corporation yes so but it's been a while so my my day job and it's probably i hope no one boring listens to corporation? this corporation mm-hmm. don't totally, worry don't worry no i'm totally no gonna put oh don't worry no one listens to the show you're I'm, fine I'm t- nobody don't worry i'm tagging everybody i know that's right what now. i say <laughs> no one listens to the show no so uh we you know working the 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 busy uh the ant worker lifestyle that i do at times we notice that our hr department like once a year it's like they run out of things to do so they have to go back and hit all the same trigger things we got to reform the policy reform dress code reform this it it seems like with politics they have to justify their own existence for the yes yes, that's my point for the past 20 years there's three or four things have 
always been on every politician's desk every year, and it's gay marriage, abortions, smoking tobacco, oil and gas. I think this is something that is never going to go away. I agree with you completely. This bill— This this doesn't mean you stop fighting for what's right. Agree. Any more than than you stop fighting for it in all of those other things that you talked about. So I want to bring up something because— Everybody that's out there that's listening to this show, go to CRA, go to IPCPR, CRA specifically because Cigar Rights of America. Huh? They can. You can go to the website. Oh, okay. The yeah. website. Yeah, yeah. But um, because bloggers can join IPCPR, and it's it's a pack. CRA specifically, individuals can join CRA, and uh, Glenn Loop, who does a great job with them, he's their uh, executive director. But so there was a bill in St. Louis County talking about St. Louis, Missouri, a very large metropolitan area Mm -hmm. that was a blanket, no smoking bill. The way that you say that you couldn't smoke anywhere for any reason, anywhere for any reason, it was against a lot of smoke, anything, anywhere, except in your house. That was your home was the only bill was the only place that you would be able to smoke. They've been trying to prevent people from smoking. That's more liberal than most of California. Yet another reason not to live in St. Louis. Go on. So this the (laughs) the American Heart Association and a couple other health uh, companies Mm -hmm. sent people out. The way the county charter was written, if you had so many percentage of the population sign a Mm-hmm. A thing. A federal judge <clears throat> this morning ruled that that bill or that that um, voting is illegal, and made them take it off because they said that none of it was the American Heart Association didn't didn't do it right. Mm-hmm. The way the county charter was written didn't do it right, and they actually made them take that off. So it's not it's not be voted on. I talked to Glenn a couple of weeks ago, getting the CRA to come in and help. And mm-hmm. they did, mm-hmm. and so the CRA now that bill CRA is gone. Is a great organization, and and so there is the possibility that things can change. I believe we're going to get some kind of regulation on cigars, but this blanket. But this why does it need to be this one? And we hope for the best. No, this, I, I, agree this I don't understand. Yeah. Well, we should be holding out for better. We should be holding out for better. Let's That's vote right. this in and go. Okay, on. but let me ask you this: What happens? Let's. So Altria posted this to, to them, to the FDA. What happens if the FDA says, you know what, Altria, here's the big middle finger. We're going to run it through just the way it is, and then we're sitting way worse. Except great, if the exemption great question. Except if the exemption if, passes. If well, if. But, but what are we giving up on the exemption? That's no. what needs to happen. No, but you have to. You have to. What do you do when you get doubles on blackjack? Yeah, you double down. Well, you you buy insurance, right? Well, here's here's what I'm saying. Why? Support the legislation before you know. This is this is what Altria did that I still don't get, unless there are other motives. Why would you say we're in favor of this legislation? But here's the way we want you to do it. Why would you not say, let us add our voice to the people who say premium cigars should be exempted? And by the way, if there needs to be legislation, let's have a conversation. Right, I can, I Chris said it earlier because that led to my attorney. Or how about we're for it if you have this exemption? Right, but sure. it doesn't say that. And push that sure. agenda. Sure, I agree with you. Uh, listen, I'm not saying this this letter was written with uh, written the right way, written the right format. Mm, right. What I'm saying is, is it doesn't come off to me as them trying to inv- – 
sell out the premium cigar side. Because if you just replace the word premium cigars with Nat Sherman, it says, I'm okay with you regulating Nat Sherman differently from other cigars so long as the differences are science and evidence-based and FDA applies objective right. criteria to it. So to oh, me, it comes off as... I don't disagree with that at all. What I disagree with is the first part where they sure. go, we're in favor of this legislation. That's it, it, You know, John Kerry lost a presidential election because of this phrase. I was against the legislation. I was for the legislation before I was against it. That's what this sounds like. We're for it, but we're not really for it. Okay. Come on, Altria. You can do better than that. Well, you know, okay, so, you, you so hold on. Let's let's back down just a second and look at the crux of what we're talking about, too. Altria handed Nat Sherman a big turd. They sure like, did. They really did. They sure and did. it's not Nat Sherman's fault. No, it's not no, Nat But Sherman's the fault. fact that Altria owns Nat Sherman, they should be tending their herd, so to speak. They should well, be. they may be out of their... I agree with you. They're out of their but element. There's a lot but they're out of their sheep. element. The I mean, lot the guy more sheep wrote, in their herd than Nat Sherman, though, and that's why. Yeah. The guy that wrote this was their vice president of regulatory affairs. Do you think this guy smokes cigars? No. Let me ask you this. Would this guy that you know, who's the head of Nat Sherman, would he have ever written something like this? No, he of wouldn't have. Of course not. No, as a matter of fact. Because he actually supports sure. the premium cigar industry. So... It's so sad. Why are we holding Altria to a lesser standard? Well, I don't think we're holding them to a lesser standard. I, I think, again, it doesn't come off that way to me. If there's a problem in, let's say, there's not a problem with cigars. We acknowledge that. We're all in agreement. We think that the way it's branded, the way the warning labels are on it, the way it's priced, we're not worried about young smokers. But Altria does have to worry about young smokers for literally 99% of their they business. Own Marlboro. Yes, right? they do. Right. So, so, with all the heat, right. so they're okay with saying, look, we're okay with you addressing this section of our business. But that's not what they said. What they, that said, is what they said was, we don't support the premium cigar exemption. Why? They said they don't support Why? the premium cigar. That's what this is. They are not in favor of premium cigars being exempted that's not what I from they this never legislation. Said that. They never said that. They said they were in favor of the regulation. They never said that they were not in favor of an exemption. Well, then we're that's splitting a, hairs. Then we're that's a hairs. very now we're getting into lawyer speak. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and it's All written right. that way. I mean, I I, it, I I didn't know if they if they said that they're not in favor of the exemption. Then I'm with you. That's that's the equivalent of what they said. But what they, they never s- said that specifically. Right. I know we're splitting hairs on All it, right. but they we, never did we say that. We got to take a break, and uh, this segment <laughs> great. By the way, this is almost approaching a uh, hundredth show uh, segment length. <laughs> uh, so, so we're going to take a break, and and look, can I just say this this like this balcony side? It, this is great bourbon. This is terrific. Uh, I love this. This is the kind of thing. See, this is what I like about. Uh, about cigar shops, like where you get to sit around with people who sure. maybe and just you just talk about Ch- it, but what yeah, you have in common is cigars. I love this. We'll be right back with uh, I guess what will be our final segment of uh, smoking and toasting <laughs> on number one hundred six. Ever thank you. Assassinated <laughs> by Ultra. So apparently the set is watching the show oh, really? because I got an email saying be careful what you say on the show. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. <laughs> okay, so let me just say this to uh, uh, first of all, we're brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant, where they, you know, you don't get political. They just serve great food and great, uh, great drinks. <laughs> we actually uh, don't know if they support this said, or yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> 18, eighteen fourteen. The opinions <laughs> expressed on smoking and toasting very greatly uh, from our own. They're at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, uh, they are also the uh, uh, the location of the whiskey sniff. So come out. We'll talk uh, politics. We'll talk whiskey. We'll talk cigars. It'll be a great deal of fun. Now, 
I want to say that that um, the reason that Alan and Chris are in contention for like the most times ever appearing on the show is because you guys are just you're like our favorite guests. So oh, I thought uh, it was just because we're the best looking people. Well, on it's, the show. it's that. Yes, it's that. <laughs> but because I want to make sure I don't piss you off too bad, maybe before we start the final segment, I should break out some. Uh, oh. Let me tell you about the river. And I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. The River Coquitas. It's a cold and dismal place in Dante's Inferno. It's a treacherous body of water and ice that surrounds Hades and has trapped thousands of souls. While the imagery might seem dark for a beer name, those familiar with the Martin House Brewing Company's previous barrel-aged release, Asheron, will surely know what to expect. Coquitas is a 13-point a 13.8% ABV Imperial Stout. I, I love it already. I mm. just got Ian's attention right now. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, they aged the brew for seven months in rye whiskey barrels to balance out the intense barrel flavor. Cacao nibs were added. The beer is not to be taken lightly. It said the river is the main resting place for traitors and wrongdoers and people who support... Sounds like my mother-in-law. <laughs> and people who support inappropriate cigar regis- uh, regulations. Uh, one thing's for sure, do not turn your back on coquitas and so what they do rather than offer it in a bomber they offer it in this box and I, can i show that to the camera that we yeah with some pretty intense artwork there they offer it in this box with two cans which they say is more beer than a bomber so so i like? just want to tell you what i heard was blah 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 13 percent, and yeah, then i see, heard the rest of what you said and then i uh yeah i just tuned you out for a while no i'm just joking. it's like it's like that uh, joke about like dogs what they hear yeah, <laughs> right. what a dog hears yeah i'll be happy to pour that for you oh wait wait <laughs> wait, wait are you calling me a dog uh, no not at all well that's not fair enough so did you try the last couple from the series? It ain't no sea winch. Unfortunately, oh, I did try the sea winch. The sea winch was terrific. I was going all Chris I didn't like it. I'm not a ghost fan. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think I'm a ghost beer fan. I, well, we had the tw- we had the sea witch on here, right? That I was thought it was great. Yeah, it, was right. came in, it came in the yeah. two box. Yeah, Woo. it came in the two boxes as well. So wow, right. smoky, so, malty. Yeah. yeah. So talk to me about the coquitas. Oh, and goes wow. really well with the whiskey. Yeah, this is this be good with a pulled pork sandwich. Uh, this <laughs> and let's talk it cigars for a minute. It almost is a pulled pork sandwich. Let's talk mm. cigars for a minute. How would this match up with, say, a, a Nat Sherman Timeless? Uh, actually, this is that a treacherous remark no. about the box? No, so, this is so no, funny. This is where traders go. It was really an attempted humor. <laughs> so, I don't, I don't know about y'all, but I, when I pair a cigar with beer or whiskey. I have a tough I've, time with beer pairings of cigars, I will admit. Okay. And I love beer. Stouts and porters pair yep. Stouts better. Stouts and porters much better. Yep. But I will tell you, the darker the beer, the darker the whiskey, the lighter the cigar I like. Generally, Because yeah. they offset. So if you've ever tried it, the Nat Sherman 1930. Amazing like cigar. placement on the show. Hey, it, it is just, what it is. Just, Michael just, Herklotz, I love you, baby. I'm um, just teasing you, <laughs> Everyone's speakers just went, ah. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> sorry. They're, so they're 1930. It's it's really a nice light. I, I I honestly don't know the blend. I don't think it's a Connecticut, but it's just a nice, light, mm-hmm. mild. It's a, I, I really love it at breakfast. It would go great with this. Mm. It would go great with this. I, You know, I'm kind of with you on that because I like a lot of cigars <laughs> that have um, – some of the darker, chocolatier kind of profiles and peppier profiles, um, but they don't always go well with dark beers. Correct. So, correct. What I found is almost everything goes with uh, Oktoberfest because it's so crisp. <laughs> it's, no, you're right. Especially Agreed. the St. Arnold. It's like, and that that's crisp, funny, but it's, but it's got true. The malt and the body to it. But uh, but if you're doing yeah, if you're doing a dark beer, generally something with a lighter wrapper uh, overall that's not going to have quite as many of those chocolatey. 
darker fruit profile. They start to it, clash. Right. They start to clash. or they run over each other, right. and you don't you don't get the subtleties of them. So right. I think that sometimes sometimes things that go together are okay, but but having opposites that you can really taste through each other. Now there is one pairing. there is one brand out there. I will say that the way they make their cigars and the way their blender blend cigars. It doesn't matter what you drink. If you're smoking an EP Carrillo, it's absolutely amazing with whatever you're eating and whatever See, you're that's drinking. That's the product placement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what? I'm totally fine with this one. I will tell you, I will tell you on our 100th episode, you laid that inch on me, and that thing was amazing. Like, I was hope so we're talking about a cigar. <laughs> Aren't we? Careful what you say on the show. Hey, <laughs> wait, which podcast am I on? <laughs> yeah, whiskey neat. We can say a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, and you know, it, but, but that one, like that particular profile, even as big and smoky as that cigar was, what I remember most about it is everything we tried went well with it, and um, and it was just something about that particular cigar profile. It allowed all those flavors to come through almost unaltered. You know. Yeah. So one of the one of the things about that cigar, it's a Nicaraguan puro. And a lot of people, they think Nicaraguan, especially Nicaraguan Puro, they think heavy spice, it's yeah. going to be harsh. And not all Nicaraguans are like that. Only the Nicaraguan Puros that have a lot of Esteli, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because that's where the spice comes from, yeah, because of the soil. The well, and there's a lot of cigars that are labeled Esteli, yeah. specifically so you know you're getting something. So you know too. you're getting something. And there's a couple of them out there that, that are, they are, they're very spicy. Um, we so that one's a Nicaraguan puro. It actually uses the same wrapper from Encore. I don't know if I gave y'all one of those, but I will definitely get them to you. I know okay. Chris has smoked it several times. Oh yeah. Um, it uses a Nicaraguan Habano. It's a nice. You look at it, you almost think Connecticut, and then it uses a bunch of Jalapa in it. So it's not like that the, super like spicy. Jalapa, yeah. It's it's medium bodied, medium flavored, and it just got super highly rated by Cigar Aficionado in the new issue that came. Alan, out. we talked about this in reference to Nat Sherman that they made cigars that were okay, pretty good, and mm-hmm. then they took like a real step forward sure, uh, in recent years. I could really kind of make the same comment about E.P. Carrillo. You I, guys, I made that comment. So you guys made that comment a few times. Totally stepped it up. What can you? Yeah, I can explain what happened. All right, so a couple of years ago, one we got number two cigar of the year with La Historia. I remember that. Was, yes, which was big. That's great our flagship cigar. cigar. It's cigar. a beautiful cigar. The problem I just is, picked up another box. It's in my truck it, right now. Man, it's great. I'm and coming you know, to your car before we leave. I I, <laughs> <laughs> I know Lissette's going to say something to me about this, but our downfall with our cigars was the banding. You had Cardinal. Oh, yes. You had Cardinal Maduro, Cardinal Natural. You had Core Maduro, Car. Core natural, and then you had our New Wave Connecticut. The bands looked almost the same. See, I love your banding now. Now it's amazing. Yeah, yes. But you would, two, three years ago, mm-hmm. you would pick up a cigar. I don't know if I want this. And you didn't know what box to put it back into because all the bands look the same, all the boxes look the same, except for color. And the color was differentiated by all right, you had black and red, red and red, red and black, red and white, white and black. You didn't know where to put the band back to. Right. Well, imagine well, the confusion involved. There is, exactly. Because there is something you, to be said for uh, cohesion in in the marketing. Correct. But sometimes it's a little too far. And and I have to assume that if you're a marketing person, sometimes you get a little too close to the product. And you go, well, it's obviously different because it's one shade lighter blue. You're right. You know, or something like that. that that's a little extreme. But, but, the, but The big confusion is if someone had a bad cigar 
after a good, let's say you have a, you go get a, a, an AP Carrillo a couple years ago and it's mm-hmm. delicious. Then you go back for a second one and you actually pull up a different one because you think it's the same one, one and you didn't like that one. Right. Then you think there's a consistency issue. Yeah. Right. And then the next time you then come you back, think it's Camacho. you think it's that. Right. Oh, you think oh that's the one I didn't like before. Yeah. So yeah. you just uh, so then you yeah. hurt sales for the entire brand. Sure. Sure. So, so the Historia now, the Encore. Yeah, I mean, so dude, Ernesto, I'm gonna tell you, Encore. I have always, when I went to work for EP Carrillo, when I knew, when I knew the man cave was going under, I wanted to say some nasty, dirty things, but when I knew the man cave was going under. By the way, you're welcome to say whatever you want to say. You you can, but I will tell you this. uh, We enjoyed our time with you at the man cave. We did. Tremendously. Hey, I've got, I worked for them for a long time. Uh, Y'all don't even, we'll talk about that after the show. Okay. Anyway, um, so... I love DP Carrillo and love Trey, who was the rep before. Mm-hmm. And when I went to work for them, I didn't just want to go to work for a company that made great cigars. I wanted to go to work for a good owner. Right. I knew Ernesto. I knew his daughter, Lisette, done events with both of them. They've both been in the shop. I've known both of them for years. It was a great mix. I had a great time. And I love who I work for. But we had problems with, with packaging and with banding. And that's fixed. And now the stuff that Ernesto is coming out with, it's amazing. Y'all some, smoked ring Some Master. really rich mm-hmm. blend. I'm telling you, know? you what. And, you know, he's actually known for that. Ernesto is the godfather of ring gauge, big ring gauge cigars. There were no 60, 62, 64, 70, these 8 by 80s that are out now. No one was even thinking about doing that. <laughs> I enjoy until- those from time to time. I love big cigars. More power to you. I'm not a big ring gauge guy just because... I don't. I don't want to hold. Yeah. It's not that I. I always bring something in the seven by seventy range when yeah. I go float down the river. See, give me okay. A that's a different story because you got three hours going yeah. down the oh, yeah. loop or the oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, but fifty four max. Give me a good forty. Give me a good forty eight. I'm happy. That's, and that's then, it. Yeah. And then depending guy. on my company, sometimes I just want the cigar of intimidation, and I yeah, still no, want it to be a good yeah. cigar. <laughs> Anytime you're around your but wife, you want to so, remind her who the man yeah, is. So, that's right. That's right. So in the nineties, when the boom was going on, Ernesto's the one that came out with the six by 60 there wow. there were no there was nothing bigger than like a 52 or a 54 and he said let's do something crazy and he yeah. did it <laughs> and so that when he did the inch the one thing he does that's different than anybody else is you take some of these cigars that have a 60 well they blend their cigar at a 50 ring gauge mm-hmm. and then they just bigger wrappers stuff more filler right. in it he blends his cigars for the big ring gauge at a 64 this is significant just to our listeners because uh when you take a blend, it's much like much like making a recipe. You can't just double everything, or you no. can't just you it's actually have to step it up in a certain way. So when you blend for a specific ring gauge, which is what a lot of companies do, and it makes sense, I blend for the medium size gauge, and then we just kind of go bigger and smaller. And what's funny is uh, those different sizes taste a little different. You get different profiles even from the same quote unquote blend. What you're saying is that he blended it specifically for that for big that ring size. gauge. So instead of, hmm, maybe we get a good blend with that bigger one, he wanted to nail it right, right off the bat with that bigger and ring so gauge. And so we were actually, uh, I, I am blessed because of my territory and the size of my territory. I have one of the largest in the country. I get to travel with Ernesto more than any of the other reps. Mm-hmm. So I'm with him in Kansas City a couple of weeks ago, and he gives me a cigar. And I'm like, eh. I'm, eh. I have asked him repeatedly. I want inch, but I want it in a robusto or a toro size. Can't do it. He's tried. 
Won't happen, huh? Won't happen. He's done it because uh, he can't get the it. blend the way can't he wants. Get the the blend doesn't work. No. It works in a big ring gauge, but you get it down smaller, and it, it tastes interesting. It's not something I enjoy. Is that politically correct enough? Inter- for you? Right. No, this is really interesting. So it's yeah. not yeah. just a matter of ring size. It needs. To, it has to cook the right length. Correct. To right. The interaction. Right. Yeah. The, heat. the way well, it burns. Just, yeah. The amount so, of tobacco. Yeah. Right. So, so it's the general, because it is the cooking process. It's right. not like just asking for a smaller glass of whiskey. Right. Sure. Right. So yeah. the general, uh, you know, sort of back and forth between people who like the smaller ring gauges, people who like the larger ones. If you smoke a smaller cigar, there's more wrapper tobacco versus filler. Correct. And wrappers where the the majority 60 of the seventy percent of the flavor, right. depending yeah. on. However, on the big ring gauges, uh, if there's more tobacco in there, there's the ability for the blender to use more different things in combination and come up with something potentially more complex. Mm-hmm. So to me, the larger the ring gauge, the more it really is about that blender. Yeah, like, did, they, did they really come up with yeah, something? Right. Made? There's a couple of lines, and I won't I won't specifically talk about individual lines, but there's a couple of lines out there. You they, know, you can diss Nat Sherman on the show. It's okay. Not, has nothing I'm to do jo- with Nat. Joking, has nothing I'm, to do with Nat. I'm joking. I'm joking. And, and Nat doesn't do a bunch of big ring gauge cigars. No, no, they don't. They, don't. Um, they, they stick to traditional sizes, but there are some out there that blended a 50, and they have an 80 ring gauge cigar. And all they're doing is stuffing more stuffing filler more in sure, I get for it, the yeah. exact same. So your ratio is so far off. You smoke an 80 and you smoke a 50, they don't even taste anything alike. All right. So uh, I am thrilled that you guys have provided us some of this uh, this new cigar for the uh, uh, for the whiskey snips. This so is going to be so much fun. 48 of them. I can't wait to be, <laughs> just be standing up <laughs> I'll well, donate some cigars if you cool. Are you guys are cool with me donating some Nat Sherman cigars? <laughs> <laughs> All okay. right, and this was uh, the last time Chris will be on the show. Yeah, <laughs> so thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. And uh, no, uh, you know what? Um, that's that's very much like something I would have said to you. Ed, the, Ed, the role's been of reversed, course, so, of I'm, course. so I'm totally down with it. So, um, are we so, going to go back to what we were talking about before? I think we should, but before we do, uh, because we really only have a few minutes left in the show, uh, so before we do and kind of like try to maybe put a bow on that somehow, uh, I, I would like for maybe Chris to... Uh, guys, I brought... You tell me if you want to do this, or I can save this for next week uh, for Ian and me, and we can have something that you brought, Chris. I bought an, brought an Altmore Speyside 12-year. That sounds ball. delicious, sure. Do you want to try that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that right. sounds terrible. So I'll, I'll break that out. Speyside. So, so while you're yeah. doing that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up a little something. Okay. So... Everybody, the day the letter came out from Nat Sherman, mm-hmm. I'm walking into a shop in College Station. Yeah. I uh, called Hideaway Humidor. Mm-hmm. And Colton is sitting there. And Brandon Luna, the Nat Sherman rep for Texas, is sitting on the couch. Who's a friend. He was a dear friend. Absolutely. He's sitting on a conference call with other reps, Michael Herklotz, because they're trying to figure out what the heck is going on. But uh, <clears throat> so. That's all going on, but here's something a lot of people don't realize. There's a lot of large cigar conglomerates out there. If you guys want to pour this into something you already have, or I have some cups here. so and Yes, there are a lot of cigar conglomerates out there. So one of those cigar conglomerates, who I'm actually very good friends with the owner of this company, when they got bought out by a parent company, mm-hmm. they left the CRA. They don't have anything to do with the way things are working. They're mm. in complete acceptance of the way things are. Okay. 
and there's several of those. When you say the way things are, you mean the way things are now, or sure, they're the, fine the with the pending, the pending legislation. They're fine with the pending legislation. Okay. Because here's what happens: if the pending legislation, the way it sits, goes into effect, the way it sits, that's honey mm-hmm. all day. We lose some of the best boutiques that are out there. Well, this is because what, they can't okay, afford to stay. This in is what has got me all riled if up. If you talk about me being all riled up about this, this is what's got me all riled up. So there are some. I don't great- like when things are tilted towards the man. Agreed. At the at the expense of the young upstarts or Agreed. or the people who because it's those guys, right. by the way. Who are pushing the industry? And I, I don't, I, you know, changing the, the zeitgeist. The Wait a things, minute, hold on, hold on. The Let things me. that are happening now at historic brands like Monte Cristo and Romeo and Julieta, and uh, uh, even even Macanudo. The things that are happening at those brands now that are exciting and really moving the cigar industry forward are because of what happened at the little guys across the last 10 years yeah uh, and here's here is the problem so let's say you've got twenty thousand dollars and oh, you, let's say that yes that's a good thing yeah so I'll buy some of chris's cigars we'll go smoke right so you got 20 grand and you can call up a plethora of factories between the dr honduras and nicaragua and now you've got the cruise Right. All right. And so you've That's got That's my plan by the way. You've got 16 grand and you say, "Well, I can't buy as many, but I'll go to Honduras and now I've got the Ian." Anybody that's got a little bit of money can go out and make their own cigar line. I'm sitting in one of the premier shops in Houston yesterday. And this guy walks in, he's got a little metal case with a piece of paper and it the piece of paper when I looked at it, I was like, "That looks like a list of company uh, or cigar shops." And he walks in and says he's with XYZ Cigar. I'm not going to mention the name of him. And so the owner, who's a good friend of mine, and one of the he owns a bunch of shops here in Houston. And he was like, oh, okay, well, what's your cigar? And he tells him, well, where's it made? Honduras. Who blends it? I don't know. What's the name of the factory? I'm not sure. Okay, uh, you know, tell me about the cigar. Well, it's... Uh, the guy couldn't tell him anything. He was like, all right, are you doing any deals? You know, which in right. the cigar industry, it's known as a three-in-one. You know, you buy five boxes, I'll give you one free, right. stuff like that. Right. The guy's like, oh, we've never talked about that. This guy knew nothing about cigars, nothing about the industry. He went out. He probably spent fifty grand, bought a crap ton of cigars. Now he's got a little distribution here in Houston, and he's selling cigars out of there. Do you that know the guy's hurt? name? Huh? You yeah, I'm not going to put yeah, it on Yeah, I don't want you to put it on I, there, I but, but can you... I want I want to know who because I think I know who you're talking about. I doubt it. You think so? Yeah, I doubt it. Um, we'll talk about it after the show. Yeah, yeah. But that actually hurts the industry because you have sure, of course it does. There's no regulation on this guy. This this guy could have rolled the cigars in his backyard, but when you can't tell us the blender or what factory they're coming out of, that throws up so many red flags for well, and that, shop right, fun. That comes down to the shop owner too. Of course, and, know, and the guy was like, uh, "That seems like yeah, a bad idea." Right, it, it, exactly, fine, fine. But if you're if you're trying to if you're trying to lay that out as a reason why the current the premium cigars should not be exempted from the current legislation, it's kind of like saying, "Yeah, if we uh, if we don't tax gasoline, 
people will drive more and someone might get into a wreck and die. Sounds like, great. It's, I, I agree with you. You I know what I'm saying? Like, like it's, it's, I, I agree with everything you're saying, but this isn't the way to go about it. And um, but, So before we get too much further, let me, let me just read you something here. A secluded site once known for smugglers and illicit stills, the foggy moss conceals the water source and filters it through gorse and heather, purifying it to the profit of Altmore's refined character. I just loved that paragraph. Interested in what you think about the whiskey. Okay, so in the industry, we call that bullshit. Um, yes, but, uh, but thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's it is a, very romantic bullshit, it, though. Wonderful it, romantic bullshit. It's a Speyside whiskey, and it's honey for days. It's yep. It tastes very happy with it. It's sweet. It's a uh, light. The heather, com- like that comment, is very like. Yeah. It's got this very bright, oh. young youthfulness to it. <laughs> it, it but is, it's, it's it, twelve years, right? Yeah, yeah it's so a it's twelve got, year. Yeah. So it's got like a little bit. I'm interested to see what the proof is. Is it eighty or eighty-two? I am looking. 80. Stand by. Right behind you. I see it over here. It is forty-six uh, percent. Yeah. So by it's volume, got it's got so. a little bit more bump in it, yeah. and you can pick up more on those deeper honey notes mm-hmm. because of that. I think it's I think it's great. I'm happy with it. Yeah. You know what I like about it? I like the mineral taste in it mm-hmm. too. There's a very mineral kind of presence to maybe it was in so the water or whatever it is. It's after having the, the bourbon earlier which is so like so dense and thick with flavor. This is almost like a, a a refreshing whiskey by compared like sure. it's almost easier drinking. Sure. It's even much though lighter, it's the single brighter. malt. But like there's things that I just love about both of those yeah, uh, both of those profiles. To me, this is almost like a sip it in the afternoon on the porch kind of a, a single yeah. malt. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, whereas that's more like I just had a really amazing dinner. I'm now going to smoke a cigar sure. and really enjoy the complexity of this. Yeah, yeah. You know? it's a difference between a digestif and an aperitif. Right, right. Yeah. That's uh, well said. Well said. All right, so let's let's see if we can put a bow on this. Um, and and I really. I really appreciate you guys coming on the show. I, I really appreciate and, you and guys having us talking about this and talking it through with me. Um, and and Ian, Ian and I have have been, you know, just kind of sitting back looking at this, saying, you know, what the hell? Like, yeah, why, why would Altria issue a statement on this that wasn't saying, hey, listen? Premium cigars need to be exempted from this. Let's go back to the drawing board. If if the admission is that there's going to be some regulation, why would they why would they issue something in support of the legislation? Because anytime I'll go back to what I said earlier. Anytime you're counting on the government going, go ahead, tax us. We trust you to be fair. <laughs> well, taxes can go up and down. Remember right. when they went down? No, <laughs> I do. Re- no way. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of. But to, hey, to George answer, Bush, give me a tax break. To, yeah, to answer your question, I think I don't. For any of us to propose why they did this would be co- complete conjecture. I think their intentions were to address both sides of the tobacco law. Both uh, there's for anyone to say they definitely were not addressing their cigarette side is is ignorant of the fact that that's where they get their money from. I think their intention was to basically say that we're fine with regulation as long as you treat this differently. That's that's what I pulled from it. Their wording 
wasn't great, admittedly. This whole letter is 12 pages of jargon that most the average consumer is not going to be able to grasp. Mm -hmm. I noticed you're now using it as a uh, coaster. <coughs> yeah, yeah, a coaster, <laughs> and, 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 and I do oh, you drew boobies on it, which is about what it's good for. Let me let me ask y'all a question real quick. Y'all y'all record on Thursdays, correct? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, so record in Facebook Live on Thursdays. So. Okay, so October eleventh, the day after the whiskey sniff, tickets are on sale now. Day after the whiskey Thank sniff. Thank you, Chris. It is also two days before Stogie's mm -hmm. Wingding. Before the Wingding, yes, okay. it's a big deal. So <clears throat> it is, and the nice thing about that is, a lot of the dealer principals are in town. Including Nat Sherman. Get him on. Nat Sherman. Would love to so have him. That Direct I, from the horse's if mouth. You, if you don't have anybody scheduled, let me make some phone calls. If I have someone there, I'll move them okay. uh, uh, to let me. And, and I may not be able to get Michael, but maybe I can get one of the other big dealer principals in the industry who is way more familiar with regulation than I am. Maybe Jonathan Drew or right. Robert Caldwell. Listen, we'll get, here's the thing. I, I didn't say... I can't smoke Nat Sherman because I wanted to punish Nat Sherman. <laughs> I, I, no, I mean that. Not like, like because uh, I, I, you know, I don't know Brandon the way you guys know him, but I have no issues with the Nat Sherman Cigar Company. Sure. But just like I have no issues with, you know, ninety four five the Buzz in Houston, I have issues with the company that owns them. That's fair. That's you know? fair. I agree. Uh, yeah. But but that doesn't mean that I. I felt like it was important to take a stand and say this was not the right way to put this out there. You don't take the weight of an, a giant of the industry, yeah. which is what Altria is, and throw it behind this legislation as yeah. it exists. Yeah, okay. And and that's the bottom line. And I can't fault you for that, by And the way. I will agree with you that what they then outline doesn't really sound all that bad to me. But that's trusting the government to do it. And, I just, guys, I don't trust the government yeah. to do it. After you've them. already given them. And I'm a Democrat. After you've already given them permission to not do it, you're saying, could you please do this? <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually have to go, but I don't this care is, what you are. See, this, this I'm is. I'm more libertarian than anything. Yeah, and, and so am I, by the way. But, but Anti-gun. But, but, no, no, no. I love guns. <laughs> you should be able to do what you want. You're yeah, a tax-paying yeah. responsible yeah. citizen. I don't care. You should be able to shoot people that say, I, I agree. I don't, yeah. uh, I don't uh, support the, uh, the no. Uh, I've I'm, been here I'm, for an hour and haven't said a single thing about Beto. <laughs> <laughs> and that's good. I'm not familiar. Because we'd be here for another several hours. Yeah. But, but. But I digress. Look, look. The, the bottom line, though, is this, guys. And this is what I love about cigars, okay? Cigars, and we've talked about this before many times. We talked about this at the Man Cave, the show that you were on, how cigars take people, Democrats, Republicans. Republicans doesn't people, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're enjoying cigars. You're talking about what you have in common and how how enjoyable that's this is. And that's what I love. That's what I love about this whole thing. And that's what I don't want to see. I don't want to see the little guys get pushed out of this. I don't. And that's why... I feel like working as hard as we can to get premium cigars exempted from this legislation, that's why I feel like it's so important. And I feel like what Altria did did not help the effort. It was a massive mistake. It did not help the effort. And that's my bottom line. And and so if I'm choosing not to smoke Nat Sherman cigars because I'm pissed off about that, I don't think that's that strong of a of a reaction, really. I'll tell you. 
I could really enjoy a timeless right now. I'll be honest with you. You know, I, and I'm going to, you know, complete honesty. You know, there are people that were burning them in effigy. Uh, you know, there were there were people clearing their stuff out. There are people will never order from you again. I understand why, but I will say that I, I don't I don't think the Nat Sherman guys. I, I don't hold it against Nat Sherman. I hold it against their parent company. Sure. Yeah. A lot of it was knee jerk. Yeah, I think so. So. Uh, so is there any is there anything we can agree to agree on here? Uh, no, I actually I I I, I, under, I think if anything what we've done today is clarify why we're upset and the difference of point of view. Uh, whereas initially we thought we were hurting them because of a misunderstanding, but now we've understood this. We understand the situation in full, and we just disagree with the way it was handled, and that's okay. Like I. We're not in agreement, but I also understand why you're upset, and it doesn't bother me. And here's the thing: it doesn't bother me either way. You can not, you can hate him for whatever reason you want. <laughs> well, and 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 again, I don't because you guys kind of surprised me with it on the show, and it's then not, it's not about you hate. were like, let's let's talk this it's, out. It's not about hate. It's about we should be in this together. Sure, we should be. You're a tobacco manufacturer. We are uh, people who are supporting the right for others to use your products. Let's find places where we can move this all forward together, not places where we're on opposite sides of a similar issue with each other. Don't you think? I mean, I, I hate to be Rodney King, but can't we all just get along? Well, not only is already that, too but, much I mean, small if you're gonna put out, <laughs> If you're going to put out something like that, you should be concise and stick to your guns on it. I mean, right, right. You, you can't go say, hey, government, we're going to go ahead and support what you do, but we'd really like for you to think of this, because the government doesn't back down from anything. Yeah, like, the government's whole, right. if you ask me, and you can put this wherever wherever it fits in your lifestyle, every part of the government exists to justify its own existence. You put something in the government, it right. doesn't want to get back out. It it's real hard good. to... Yeah. Nobody wants to lose their gig. Yes. yes. And yeah. so you, same thing happens with bills. You put something in there, and it's there. So and, this, and then you have to create this whole momentum to undo it, yeah, which yeah. a lot of times is not worth it because yeah, it's, it's just one of those situations where you're putting your faith in the government's hands to be your nanny state and take care of you why should the government take care of me well this has been easily the most political and politically charged episode ever of smoking and toasting but i want to thank our guests alan denny uh ep carrillo we love what you guys are doing we love your cigars and we appreciate and, it and chris hart i mean you know honestly i, I love you you're, guys you're kind of your family i mean uh, honestly and and we love your show uh whiskey neat give the did uh, you guys listen to that episode i did that show? Oh, absolutely. absolutely i did yes you yes. screaming at the screen I was the whole yelling, time i was yelling at you yes yeah, i was yeah. yelling at so you. so i i would love this to lily bell <laughs> i i know no it was great i loved it chris doesn't have the availability to do this with whiskey neat yet i know y'all do I'd love to do an episode at Stogie's. Uh, we we would love to as well. In fact, we have just brought um, the folks at Stogie's and Jorge are are involved with us in the whiskey sniff. They are oh, teaming okay. up with uh, with Sweet. Oliva yep. uh, to uh, nice. make sure that the Oliva cigars are. And I hear you got Wade there. Woodard coming on and at some point. Wade Woodard is going to yeah. be on next week, mm -hmm. as a matter yeah. of fact. Yeah, nice. so we're really excited about that. But no, uh, uh, Jorge and Stogies, we consider them to be. And I loved listening to Jorge on your show, Chris. Uh, we oh, think he's great. We think they're the great guys. He was so great. And I love we the do guy. we do want to do a show at Stogies, and let's let's uh, if you guys want to 
help nudge Jorge in that direction. Oh, and get oh this, you, yeah. get you, this no, you tell yeah. me when you want to do it. All right. no, 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 I, no, 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 no. You tell me when you want to do it. And I'll, <laughs> really? I'll tell, I'll well, tell. which one of you has been on no, the wait, show? Wait, I'll tell you guys when hold on, hold on. you want to do it. I'm fixing to get his membership at Stokey's Cancel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I, just I got wanted... some things I want to tell a set you wrote down here. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, let me just say, guys, we've had a, an amazing, I think an amazing single malt and an amazing uh, uh, Texas bourbon on the show today. And that's uh, not to mention, by the way, uh, this crazy ass uh, Cotus, super or weird. It is. Uh, awesome. Cocutus, yeah, that was that was just way over the top. So, uh, so what a show it's been. We got to have you guys on all the time. This I appreciate great. it, guys. <laughs> we, we sped through it. It's been an hour and a half. Um, uh, Ian, just before we close out, any final thoughts from you? I, I, I know with with uh, with so many voices in here. I just don't feel like I've heard from you as much as I Actually, frankly, um, you said pretty much everything we were talking about. He underlined yeah. a bunch of what you said. We've I, we've talked a lot about it, and that's why I just kind of stayed out a little bit. I think, though, we should talk more about it, and so I'm going to recommend that we go and uh, have a cigar and maybe some whiskey. You, you are on, sir. Yeah, all right, good. Um, uh, thank you, uh, everyone, for uh, enduring this uh, this show and for being for being a part of what this whole thing is about, which is getting together discussing things, uh, talking about our love for great cigars and great spirits and great beer, and uh, that's that's what we're, you know, that's why we do this. Cheers, guys. Thank Cheers, you. Cheers, guys. Have you. a great week. And, and thank you guys for being two of the most generous people in the entire you industry. Are. We yeah. love it. Yeah, you can come on the show anytime. You keep doing this. Alright, I have to go, but first things first, fart in your head. God, that was bad. I don't Someone know farted. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that one moment? Yeah, there was uh, one moment. It was know, this side of my at, face. And he looked at I me. I thought and it I was, was like, you. No.